Hi, hello, hola, and hello. Welcome to My Kids Think I'm Cool, but podcast. A podcast about getting knocked up in a foreign country, families living abroad, and raising children in a different culture. All while trying to keep your cool and not lose your shit. I'm your host, Jackie, an American Filipino mom living in Denmark, and my kids think I'm cool, but... Since having my son, October 2019, I've been really falling off the wagon in regards of my body. I just give in to everything from sweets to junk food to anything I can get my hands on and put in my mouth. Uh, it's harder to bounce back when I had my second kid and also harder to get the energy because I have two kids now and running around chasing one Uh, or chasing the other one it's just been a crazy ride having two kids so there's no workouts no eating healthy and um, since it's like the new year 2021 there's no new year's resolution i did make one but yeah that went out the window <laughs> um, i've always been giving into my cravings especially before the radio station <laughs> uh, especially with McDonald's, but I haven't given I into that. Witness, huh? Yeah, well, I haven't given into that yet, so I haven't gotten McDonald's since. So I'm good with that. <laughs> Enough about my cravings and the time uh, to get into today's episode. Today we'll be talking about raising children with special needs, but more specifically, autism, which uh, most people know. Um, well, yeah, autism. When I started this podcast, I was thinking how hard it was raising kids in a different country or culture, but didn't realize that there are parents living the international life with children that has special needs or um, that's basically special needs or autism. So that's like a double whammy on the difficulty factor uh, living abroad. I've never complained. Uh, I will never, ever complain about how hard it is living abroad um, because my kids, I don't have uh, those needs. And with parents um, raising their kids like that, it's just, wow, you guys are just superheroes. And it's so amazing. And especially with even parents that are not living abroad and raising kids with autism, that's also just amazing. And you guys need props and a shout out to you guys uh, that have that well on today's episode i have teresa christensen uh, international mom from the philippines her husband is danish filipino and they have one son together named frederick they are living in denmark and frederick has autism we will be discussing with teresa about her life in denmark with her family raising her son with autism uh, and she also wrote a children's book along with her son that can build awareness for other parents and uh, people out in the world. And I think it's so great. So I'm really happy that she came and uh, agreed to be on my podcast and radio show. Hi, Teresa. Thank you for being a part of today's episode and sharing about your international life in Denmark, especially with your wonderful little family. Can you tell the audience a little bit about uh, yourself and how you got to Denmark? Hey, Jack, and thank you for having me over. Um My name's Therese, as Jacqueline has um, introduced me. I've uh, came to Denmark in 2008, so this year I'll be 13, <laughs> yeah, 13 years in, in Denmark. Um, I started, I, my entry to Denmark is basically, I was an au pair. I left my job because I was um, like reaching the quarter life crisis and thinking what is, it, <laughs> what, what is there more in the world aside from doing the things that I was doing back in the Philippines and 
I got into this, um, somebody told me that maybe I could do an au pair job. And I was like, okay, what is it all about? I have nothing, really nothing about the au pair. Um, zero knowledge about it. Looked into the contract and it says, oh, five hours a, a, a work, uh, five hours a job every day. It's like, hmm, so I could wonder and do something after. Um, so that was my entry. And also I was so naive in thinking that I want to take my master's abroad. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'm going to do this au pair, then save up my money and just pay for my education, <laughs> my master's abroad. And that's, that's how it started and adventure to Denmark and thought that maybe I'd go jump around and do stuff, interesting stuff as a 22 year old. Um, but it didn't happen that way. The plans <laughs> changed when I met my husband, um, by coincidence and, uh, yeah, it's a mistrain. The thing was that it was a mistrain. Uh, uh, I missed the trains to go back to the small small city that I have to go. And his mom was there. And it, his mom was the first person that I met, actually. And yeah. that's where the relationship started. <laughs> so, anyways, that, by that time, uh, yeah. So things changed and plans changed. And so I said, okay, then you're sticking to Denmark. Oh, that's so funny that you didn't even meet him. It was the mom, and then it was a kind of like matchmaker or something like that. <laughs> they offered it. Like I, I, I think the the his mom, my mother in law, heard me saying that I would, I would stay in the train station because in Denmark it's way safer yeah. than staying in the Philippines. So I was like, ah, oh, just, just fine. I'll stay in the. It, it was summer, so it was fine. And then she was say, butting in, and I was uh, talking in my dialect, and I didn't know that. She also actually spoke my dialect because she's ha- she's Filipino. Yeah, and she's from the province. And she was suddenly like somebody was talking in my dialect, and I was like, "What? What?" Yeah. And then she yeah, and then she said, "Oh, I have four boys. I would never allow them to to sleep in a train station. So if you would like to go to the house, you can have it. But you can stay there." And yeah, that time David was there doing his research uh, from university, and yeah, that's where it started. Yeah, that's that's like. <laughs> Like kind of like faith, like oh yeah, I met your yeah. mom, I met his mom first, and yeah. then uh, I went over to the house, and he was there. <laughs> yeah, totally unplanned. So, so it was meant for you to be in Denmark, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's the reason why I'm tied to the country now. Yeah. And then we have a little boy, um, Frederick, who's eight, turning mm-hmm. nine this April, and and Denmark gives him stability in a way that he has framed himself that he is uh, here in the country yeah and he has um autism or he is autistic yeah and he got a diagnosis when he was five can you uh before we jump into you know your family life your life in denmark raising frederick can you explain a little bit about the different um you know just autism to people out there um i can read google (laughs) google or uh, wikipedia but i think it would just be sound so much better with you because you're living it and it's something that you're dealing with every second of your life really yeah um basically the spectrum like they define it as an autism spectrum mm-hmm. and i also would like to highlight that since it is a spectrum it's so it's so vast and so the experience that i have with racing frederick would be in our in our uh, uh family uh, i would not be able to generalize everything but um, the point, my point of departure of discussing autistic um, 
perspective, my perspective about um, with a kid with autism or autistic kid is from Frederick. So it's a, his diagnosis is infantile autism, Mm -hmm. which means that he got the diagnosis when he was younger. And uh, we had speech language issues, social interaction Mm -hmm. issues and or challenge and it's a neuro um it's something that is neurally wired in your brain that is different from the the neurotypical um kids yeah and also um it's something that he would eventually grow grow with until he grows up and become an adult he's not gonna be a frederick with who was autistic when he was a kid and he, he's not autistic when he's an adult. So, um, so it's in his, in his, uh, in his cycle, neurological, um, him. Yeah. That's who he is. That's his personality. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's his, that's his yeah, identity. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, he has to yeah. accept and accept it, but that's him. It's like embracing it. Yeah. The and then learning how to deal with um, yeah. stuff that comes up um, either with you guys there or on his own when he's out mm-hmm. uh, living yeah. in the world um, by himself or maybe with a wife or something. Yeah. <laughs> so far from now. but <laughs> So far from now. Uh, yeah. But, you know, these days it's just time flies. It's like now, he, yeah. now he's eight. Now he's 16. It's like tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, how old was your son when um you started seeing uh the difference in him and then uh, until he got diagnosed i saw the difference i saw that he would not actually it would take him a long time to respond to me talking to him or calling his name Mm -hmm. but it was also um he also had several ear infections, so we thought that maybe it's just um, hearing. He cannot hear properly. Um, but I've always seen him um, he, when he plays in the garden. He has this. You, he will. You will catch him looking at something that I would not understand. What is so intricate about it that he would stare there and like really like process it? And it was like there must be something in here that I I, I cannot understand. And I went to the psychologist and asked, would that be possible for uh, diagnosis or just just to test Frederick if he has autism because I would would love to assist him as early as possible so that he can get the best um, possible outlook uh, like life in the mm-hmm. future for him the best for him um, maybe because in the system when he was in a Vogustu there was also like um, what is Mulstan? Um there the there's also apprehensions for the, the daycare um, caregiver who would claim or who would say that he has autism because they would always say that, no, Frederick doesn't have it. Yeah. You, you should not um, ask for it. He's going to grow and he's going to learn the language and mm-hmm. it's going to come. Uh, so those were the struggles that we had. So we had to wait until f- when he was assessed in, uh, in the Bernahel before mm-hmm. going to the big school. And then they said that maybe we should test him for autism. So it was that. And also he had issues when it's come. He had struggled with um, group play. Yeah. He loves to play. He doesn't understand the rules. Ah, uh, okay. It takes time for, for him to understand. Uh, and understand. One is that it was in a different language. Yeah. And then another thing is that so many um, things around him that he, he doesn't understand what's going on. So extra, uh, extra effort. Yeah. So and then... Um, 
did you know um, that your son, in your head, did you know that, oh, maybe my son would have um, autism or, um, or was it completely new to you? I had, I had a feeling that he might have. Yeah. But I have a circle of friends who would say that, no, don't, uh, no, he yeah. doesn't have. But it's just that, I said, um, so you fight this, there's an, a battle within you. There's like people are saying that, no, he, he cannot have autism. Yeah. Because in a way, they frame that autism is a bad thing. Yeah. So you, but I have a feeling that there is just something and I just want to know yeah. right now so I can help him. So those things. And he's, um, he was to the point of nonverbal until he was five. Mm-hmm. Um, his words, he has, when David and I, we had a, a struggle with understanding his, um, understanding what he says. So we do have a book that we listen to what he says and write it and find the meaning of that. And oh, okay. then we have this, yeah, we have this small book and it's like, okay, what was it? And I could write. And then, because he struggles, um, he struggles um, explaining the things he wants and he gets frustrated. And he has this very perfectionist, um, uh, uh, what do you call it, personality as well. Mm-hmm. That once he says it and you don't get it, he was like, fine, lock it off. And that was a three-year-old or four-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> so it was tough. And in general, uh, three, three-year-olds, they, they know how to speak, but they still can't um, control their feelings. They're trying to still yeah. sort out their feelings, but... Uh, a child with autism, I can't imagine having the speech delay and also then their feelings and then all these different things coming at you. It's like, of course, it gets frustrating. And um, I bet, I don't know if he had, uh, if he came out with uh, tantrums or how did he express that? It's like he was so frustrated because I've heard that they expressed their frustration in like sometimes in a harmful way. It's a meltdown. Yeah. We turn is, it meltdown. It, yeah. it, it is. It's um, he would be super red and because he was crying and he would probably be freezing, like really tense. And um, when he was a kid, he would. He was, he was younger. He would um, he would not throw stuff at you, but he would um, go to the softest things in the bedroom, for example, and yeah. topple over things. And he, it's just so sometimes it's, it's, tru- it's a struggle to see it, but it's also amazing that he can, he can see that, okay, these are the things that he can, he can touch and just topple over. Yeah. So I, I don't know how in his head it works, but, and also we back, back, back when he was younger, I had this feeling that I would not enforce the way I was brought up to him so I have to learn my kid and and see how what things work for him so when he has having a meltdown he doesn't want to be touched you cannot hug him and pacify him and it's oh, not, okay because then he would he would retaliate and mm-hmm. we, t- we tried it once David and I tried it once and so like okay it's not, <laughs> not <a> again <laughs> no no and hugging him no no so what we do is uh, we give him a space and then we say okay you can feel the emotions that you have if you're so mad then be mad in that room in that space that's a fine yeah. in a safe not, space where he can't yeah. harm himself or anything yeah. and i would always say to him that it's okay that you're so mad and feeling mad is okay yeah just come to the kitchen if you're ready and i'll we'll talk yeah and i i talked to him that way even when he was like two or three when and, you didn't know that was the yeah, um yeah and uh, it helped actually because then he would do that uh, like okay now he can talk and he would say mom i'm really just annoyed i'm just gonna go to my room and 
like, okay, then come out when you're ready. Yeah, and go to my room and throw stuff animals. <laughs> yeah. But right now, he was just like, okay, I'm really annoyed. I just want a peace and quiet. And it was like, okay, peace and quiet, go. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's nice that you also respect his space. Yeah. Um, what went through your head when your son was diagnosed with uh, autism? It was a relief and also a heartbreak. Mm-hmm. So in, in both um, relief because then, uh, uh, okay, uh, now we understand why it was so hard for him to eat the food that we tried to offer. By the way, he has also this um, um, problem, very selective with the things that he eats. Mm-hmm. He can only have, when he was two, we only have five things that he eats. Yeah. And uh, so when we travel abroad anywhere, there's one luggage that it's all just his food. Yeah. And and then, uh, so I was like, okay, now we can forgive ourselves for um, blaming ourselves as well, that maybe we did not do it more, like info- uh, giving him more things, variety of things, because it just, it just doesn't work. And then heartbreak, because uh, you know that what's, what is out there in the society, what yeah. is uh, Judgment. the stigma yeah, towards autism and autistic individuals. <clears throat> the first uh, people that I actually um, talked to um, were also um, a bit hesitant to accept it. Also, like, yeah, probably uh, saying that he cannot be autistic. He he doesn't look like he has autistic. He, he yeah. has autism. So, and that's also one of the things that we have to say. Like, yeah, autism is in the brain mm-hmm. and it's not in the face. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but it was a relief and a, and a heartbreak. But yeah. For some time, and then now it's just it's just uh, it's not it's not a heartbreak. It's just a celebration, and I, I really really am thankful uh, for him because you see the world in his world in his eyes, and it's just different. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so that sounds so amazing. With you know when you said that he sees the world when you see the world in his eyes, it's just different, and yeah. he views things differently and. And he sees, yeah, it's a wonderful world out there. <laughs> yeah, it's just magnified. It's just there's 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 things that you neglect, and then mm-hmm. you would point it out, and it's just okay. Um, we'll take time to sit down and see this rocks if that amazes you. Yeah, <laughs> and see okay, and it also allowed us to okay take a pause mm-hmm. and assess things and what are the things that we value most, and what are the things that we can just yeah, yeah, what are some of the signs your son showed um i know you said you kind of had feeling and you kind of knew uh that possibly about uh, autism and i want you to address them because just in case you know there's listeners out there that can relate or that also it's like i just want answers i just want to know you know that their child doesn't have a problem but just why you know is there a language delay or yeah just signs that oh it's like maybe that can be uh, the cause what I've learned uh, from our speech therapist as well is that if there's a language delay um, it would be best to have language delay it's a triad language delay um, social interaction and what is it now I forgot the third one um, but for Frederick for example it was language delay his social interaction with um, playing with other kids mm-hmm. he parallel plays he will be in a room for example he yeah. would be playing in the room, but he would also take his car and play with his car with other kids. 
yeah. but not joining in and jumping in. Oh, I would like to play. No, that's that's not how. And also, this is like when he was a baby, and some some kids like um, there's have special special interests, mm-hmm. um, very uh, what do you call this? Uh, uh, there's also like um, very sensitive to light, very sensitive to noise. Um, there's sensitivity when it comes to hugs, mm-hmm. touching, um, uh, food. Uh, those are the things that it, we we thought was like okay for us because there might be something for different like families, different so, yeah 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 so but for us it was that um, but what helped us with him being not being touched by other people is that we always we have this consent thing at home yeah um, is mommy allowed to is it okay if I hug you we always we train that in the house right now because okay. of uh, my background working with violence I want him to to be able to also give like understand consent and have the consent for him for like respected and also growing up in the Philippines with consent and yeah. rape culture, everything so I want him to to know that in the ha- in the house right now so so we have this um is it okay with the uh, mom and dad hugging um and then that also helped him in giving boundaries to people as well if he doesn't want to be touched so that helped in, in, in his sensitivity issues yeah so but he has this tactile uh-huh tactile uh, issues okay so he doesn't like affection at all and no he loves affection okay but his affection is this is uh, he loves affection but he shows it in a different manner ah okay it's not the it's not the new normal way of showing affection sometimes he if he likes a person for example he would go to the person and would talk about his interests mm-hmm. and share because and share the things that he knows sometimes uh he met his dad's uh, colleague who likes trains and mm-hmm. then they just talk about it and he said i really like that person mom i can i think i would like to be his friend oh so it's just it's totally weird and different. No, not weird, but different. Totally different in your expectation to how it is to be uh, connecting with other people. Yeah. So going back to the Philippines, visiting my grandmother, my parents. Um, it was a struggle for my parents to just hold their. Hold oh yeah, because they probably want to just give him kisses yeah. and. I, yeah, I said uh, no because then you would break his uh, the onset of having a relationship. You already cross that without mm. him uh, saying yes to it then then it's going to be a hard thing to build again so let him go to you when he's ready yeah so, and that worked actually yeah um, that's that's good and that's good that you prepared your your family in the philippines to just like okay we have to do this before um you know you want to hug frederick or anything you just need to prepare him um yeah. so it could be accepted what did your family in the philippines um think about or what did they uh, think when you said like oh you know frederick has autism like did they were they educated with uh with what autism is or what were their views about that <laughs> the first <laughs> the first thing it was um uh probably uh, my parents would uh, my my mom says no <laughs> can't be yeah 
<laughs> so the denial was there for everybody. They would say that Frederick is just a very intelligent boy. And I was like, it's, there's a thing. Kids with autism can also be intelligent. So yeah, <laughs> so, completely. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's just that. And they were like, no. Um, but now with with us talking about it and really open about it. They also do their research about what it is to be autism, uh, autistic and looking at Frederick, um, talking to him and looking at him, seeing him, how he does things in his own and plays and, and they're more open. And I'm very proud of my mother and my dad actually, because then they're, they have, um, they have this uh, people who were working with them and they would say that people would open up to him, young mm-hmm. mothers with kids, um, in the Philippines who have challenges with their special needs kids. And they would say one was, has ADHD and um, one has also uh, the same as Frederick autistic. And they would talk and my mom would share the, this uh, views and some resource knowledge for mm-hmm. them to read. Yeah. And that was like, okay, that's, th- that's the point of us raising awareness about autism, that it's not supposed to be a taboo and a stigma. Yeah. So, so that's a small, small process of, of first denial, then acceptance. And yeah. now they're also spreading the knowledge of, of acceptance and raising awareness to autism. That's really great uh, that your parents not accepted it, but um, are learning to spread awareness. And uh, because they're also sort of living with it um, yeah. with, with their grandson. When you got the positive result in Denmark, what help did you get in Denmark in regards to to autism? Yeah, that when we got the diagnosis, it opened all the doors for mm-hmm. special school. Um, they have this outlasting where in relief, somebody can come to your house if, if you need somebody to just, if you have to have a room for yourself, your husband and wife to just go and some breathing room, we have that as well. It oh, was okay. offered um, taxi service. Oh, wow. Uh, um, psych- yeah, and then seminars for parents or kids, uh, no, sisters or brothers or grandparents to have, to know more about um, autism, how um, different survival kits, the tools to, to navigate or help the kid and the family. What else? Uh, speech therapy? No, uh, just a school, special school. And also, if you have, this was offered to us back then when I, when I, both, uh, when I was also working full time, that I was offered, uh, if I need hours to be lessened, mm-hmm. I could apply for this uh, supplement, monetary okay. supplement, because I will not be able to, if I need to be home. Mm-hmm. So it opened doors. But it also varies from which commune or municipality you're living in. Okay. Okay. So, so it depends on uh, where, you, where you live in Denmark and how much help and... How much help you could get. Yeah, yeah. how much because, help you can get. Yeah, because the, the help is there, but the, sometimes they would say resources and budget issues. The commune doesn't have this uh, enough money to... Yeah. To fund it or resource it. Uh, yeah. It's like, then you should move. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, so you didn't have to once you got the positive result you didn't have to jump any uh, through any hoops or apply for certain things it was just like here is what we can uh, do for you and your family and how to prepare um, for you guys living with Frederick having autism and then also 
Frederick ra- getting raised as uh, to adult. Yeah. Will he help? Has help until he's an adult um, to kind of uh, deal with it. The way in Denmark, it is going to be the assistance would be until he's eighteen. Um, but we were just so lucky back then because we, when we got the diagnosis, we live in a, in a commune or the municipality that is quite resourceful. Mm-hmm. So everything was offered. Like you don't have to struggle applying for things. Yeah. Um, but I know that some families in Denmark, in different small communes, it is tough. You actually have to fight every day or every wow. week with a social worker, to even um, acknowledge that this is a real uh, real assistance that you need. Yeah. So. Okay. Wow. So it was it was easy for us. There was it was a like really immediately after we had this seminar uh, workshops that we can attend to um, offered workshops on school for my for my father in law and mother in law who, who were there. So uh, it's yeah. it's for in the entire family. It's not just the immediate family, but also for the entire family. Yeah, whoever is uh, in contact with the kids. So it could be uncles or aunts or a, a friend or a best friend of a mom who's a single mom, for example, who t- somebody who is very close to the kid has a daily interaction or weekly interaction. Wow, that's that's so amazing that Denmark actually offers that. Yeah. Not, not all of the commune, but in general, Denmark offers yeah. uh, those services. So people can accept it and learn more about it, and also yeah. where Frederick can be raised, like he's he is normal. That's the thing. He is normal um, in his own way. <laughs> he he, uh, he is he is uh, autistic, and he yeah. will will live the way that he has to live in his life. Um, but he's gonna have faced the challenge of yeah. what it is to be living in a neurotypical world. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so, yeah. If if you lived in the Philippines and had uh, Frederick there, uh, do you think you would get the same help? We had we had this joke, by the way, if we have Frederick in the Philippines, that my brothers would say that autism is a rich man's issue. Wow. Because, <laughs> because if you're in the Philippines, um, you could not probably afford the therapy, oh, the, okay. everything that you have. But if we are in the Philippines, I think would still be fine. But mm-hmm. especially that the language would be not a struggle for Frederick because everything is taught in. It. You could I could get him to a school that is just English speaking, and that's fine. Um, but then there would be. It would be more probably. Yeah. I think it's a question of resources, really. Uh, how 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 resourceful in terms of, of researching, of, of uh, finding ways to get your kids assistant, uh, yeah, get assisted um, and energy that you have. We are just lucky to have that. Uh, but in Philippines, it might take a bit of a struggle, but it is still doable. But it, yeah. It's just so probably so different from Denmark because it's, the resources yeah. are way more available Resources will not be available. The ones that we have here in Denmark will not be totally available in the Philippines. You have to work hard for it to get mm-hmm. to get the kids in school, for example, the school that you wanted. And I think um, I'm from the province. I'm not from the capital. Mm-hmm. So the so the the schools that might be offered to us is going to be so limited. Mm-hmm. And they probably would just like, okay, well, we'll put them in a normal school. And see how he copes, or you'll have to travel to go to a special school. Yeah, 
I know that in my, in my province, at least there's one special school, and then the, the di- diagnosis, getting the diagnosis takes two years or three years. So, so he can be ab- seven or nine years, depending on when you... Yeah. When you uh, do the diagnosis, because the specialty for 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 doctors, I think as well, and psychologists and psych- uh, psychiatrists, is fewer than we have here in Denmark. When it comes to to uh, yeah, autism and disorders, for example. So a spectrum, I mean, sorry, yeah, autism spectrum. So um, I know each each country views what autism is um how do you think denmark views um autism versus how the philippines would view it i think they're more progressive in denmark uh, Mm -hmm. with the with the autism awareness uh but there is still of course a need still looking into the big the bigger picture right because of the different organizations here the different support that they have mm-hmm. the different um awareness racing that they're doing so you could see that there the the autism in itself the topic about autism is wildly discussed in denmark in uh what do you call that meta uh, yeah but then when you go go to the ground and and talk to people the ones that you meet every day there's still a lack of knowledge as to what it is to be what it is really to be autistic is they have they've seen the movie they thought that autistic people would be the ones who who would be banging their heads doing this like they have this thing that they, oh uh the movie rain man i haven't actually seen the movie rain man but the ones that just doing like like swinging their body back uh, back and forth and and that's not just that's not the representation of what it is to be there might be a number but mm-hmm. the what we have encountered personally for our for our family when we go with frederick around frederick they would say that oh he 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 is autistic but he doesn't look like he's autistic and we get shouted out in malls mm-hmm. um to um to say some people would say um bring up your kid properly When well, we have a melt, when we have a meltdown, we had a meltdown in a in a mall in the Philippines once. or here in Denmark. No, in Denmark. Wow. Yeah, yeah. There, uh, there was another guy who shouted at me, telling me if it was my kid, I would discipline that properly. What? Yeah, so that but was they, during like yeah, yeah. Two, two meltdowns. Like okay, and there's this um, stares that you get. That's that's the one that really pricks your heart yeah. most of the time um, because what can you do you can't um, David nearly broke his back when we were carrying Frederick because he had he had a meltdown once and and you are so as a mom you're like before I was I was very insecure about what people would look at us how, mm-hmm. how they see us um, versus to okay F them I'm not gonna care I'm gonna go and look at my kid what does he need right now um it was it was also how old is he now he's eight and it was a struggle for me to come to that point like i don't effing care what they're were thinking about me uh, this is my kid i'm gonna just focus on him so the stairs was like like judgy yeah <laughs> judgy looks look, always hurts um but but david is the the one who was like They don't know what is yeah. inside the house. They don't know our struggles. So do not give them 
anything. I was like, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. yeah but yeah. But now it's, it's, we are, I'm getting better at it. And yeah. Yeah. You actually answered my next question is what is the hardest thing about raising uh, a child with autism? And it seems like it's just the judgment other people give you. Yeah. And you, they don't even know what you're going through. And I, my kids, you know, I don't have, um, I don't have that. They're, my kids, when they have a meltdown in in the store, it's, it's probably not as bad as what you're going through. But I also still get the judgy look, and it's like yeah. she's just crying because you know I said no to candy, and then you're telling me that I'm a bad parent because I said no to candy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So it's it's it, it does really. Um, affect like how your parents like okay but also you don't want to teach them it's like here have the candy because they know it's like oh, I'm going to have a meltdown every time you know says no so it's but this, it is a struggle but it's the rewards or the celebration or the is really great as well so what we we, we tend to we shifted our views because sometimes we go it's one step one step at a, one yeah. step a day so um I think it's a growth. That's one of the things that I, I am really thankful for Frederick because he he gave me this this um, ability and to actually assess the things that I need to assess because it's one step forward sometimes. Mm-hmm. He goes to school, everything is good, and then the sometimes five steps back. Yeah, and it's and it's okay. And that 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 it was him. It was being a mom to him that taught me that it's it's okay. Um. And also the small things that we we celebrate. We celebrate the small things. Like before he was not speaking. Like for zero to like one year old to five years old. I we we have our own like dictionary. But now suddenly he just spoke and then it's fluent and his vocabulary is just so vast. And uh, I have a feeling I was so it was we were struggling before that he will not be able to it's a struggle for for him to read because you know when he was a kid he ABCs are not something that he would like so unless it's ABC with dinosaurs then okay. he, would, <laughs> he would listen to it so I shifted that I was like we shifted everything um, okay you don't want to learn anything about ABCs the normal way we do it your way we do the the dinosaurs way um if you don't want to write he doesn't want to write like we taught uh, teaching him to write cat dog small mm-hmm. no he wants to go to the big words jurassic world uh, those things so i i have to learn to be to navigate to what he is or mm-hmm. what he needs and so it's it's uh, small small things of celebration every time and now he's reading and that's amazing and, yeah, and then so. you just have to kind of um do it differently uh the way that he wants to do it. like it, he, yeah I want, he wants to learn abcs but with dinosaurs so you do abcs yeah. with dinosaurs yeah. uh he's still learning it's just a different way of learning for him yeah and that's is also one of the things that uh, his speech therapist and i are so um are in tune with 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 learning with him um like his speech would be about cars, for example. So we had a session of like two months with it's just Mustangs and uh, different kinds of cars. And and so, yeah. And yeah, years learning, years through through history about wars. It's, it's, it's an amazing. It, there, there will be challenges, yes. Um, there are challenges. And every year it changes from the time that he was four to, say, to three with a meltdown. This time it's different. But 
the successes and the, the gift that he gave this family, that he gave this family, continues to give this family, is just something also that we treasure. So we take the challenges, okay, this is part of it, it's fine. Um, but the rewards of just have, having him in our lives is just also very extremely um, something that we're so grateful about. Yeah. Um, when you got diagnosed with Frederick being aut- um, has autism, you really had to change the way you were living, um, the way you were, um, you know, either traveling or going do- doing something. How did you handle that? Um, did you just like, oh, no, we're going to stay home and not go anywhere or no, we're going to tra- travel yeah. and go do things, uh, but we're going to just do it in a different way. Uh, how do yes. how are you able to handle that? Um, um, one of the way he learns, this is one of the things that his doctor said, is that kids with autism sometimes have different ways of learning. And Frederick falls into the visual mm-hmm. um, kid who learns. So, and my, me and my husband, we love to travel. And so, so they said that it would be too hard for us to travel. So we shifted our idea. Okay, so if normal families would travel only during holidays, what we're going to do is that we're going to include traveling as our normal Mm-hmm. So what that entails is a lot of planning, um, two to three months of planning, uh, one month of preparation with Frederick that we draw mm-hmm. the things that, that is expected. We put the excess in things that is upcoming, for example. So um, this, the, also one of the things that we thought is like, he knows like, mommy, how many, how many planes are we going to take? So one plane, two planes. We're going to draw that as well. Mm-hmm. So, so the planning has to be also visually um, uh, offered to him. Um, so we, we, we took that with the things. We, we, tra- we still travel. When he was a kid, we could go for two weeks traveling. But now when he, he says that it's a bit, he misses his home, he misses his comfort. So now we trim it down to five days. Because we asked him how maximum of days you can travel. And he mm-hmm. said five, five sleeps. And I was like, okay, five sleeps it is. Um, but the, the way we travel before was that every day we find new stuff to see. Mm-hmm. Um, with him, we have to, okay, one day sightseeing. Yeah. The things that needs to do. The next day, hotel. Just chill. Another day, okay, sightseeing. And then another day, hotel. So it's, it's, just, it's just that. Um, it's uh, tailored to to his <laughs> to his needs as well the traveling, but he learns a lot with traveling because he loves uh, he loves history he loves World War Two he loves uh, he loves modern buildings <laughs> so and castles sometimes so it's a combo uh, we go to these places and uh, we go to we pa- we pattern the places that we go to to the things that he sees in the book or in videos. Yeah, and then it was like, okay, so this is the history about this place. Um, this was built in nineteen something something or eighteen hundred something. Yeah, and then we do that. Uh, that's how we plan. And now, right now, what he he is interested about is the history about his my his dad who's lived because he's been to the Philippines several times. Uh, his dad who has been all over the world, and now he wanted to go to Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Because David stayed there for his um, for some time, and so he, that is also another plan. So we we are planning Costa Rica to the U.S. after maybe if Corona permits us. Yeah. So so it is from his interest, and then we we take his interest, and then we pattern our travels to that. So That's it's, it's easier. 
that's so great that you do that. So you, it's it's sort of preparing him. It's like, okay, um, we're gonna. You want to go see the pyramids uh, that you yeah. saw in the book? Then we we go see the pyramids, and you know, yeah. take two or three or four months to prepare for it, yeah. um, and go there. And I think that's so great that you guys didn't really. Well, you gave up a little bit, but you gained so much more too at the same time. Gained so much more. Yeah. Yes. Your son inspired you to actually write a book. Uh, can you share to the audience like about your book and uh, what it is all about? Actually, it was his idea he, uh, that he we wanted to he wanted to write a book. Um, we traveled to Philippines, and he said we were doing this uh, storybook creator um, mm -hmm. app, and he said, "Mom, I think we could write a book." And I was like, "Okay, we write a book." But then the content of the book, we're not so sure yet as to, to what it is. Because mm -hmm. he has so many ideas. He wanted to promote Bonholm. He wanted to, to write about different things. And I was like, okay. He doesn't write. He speaks. And he's really good with speaking. Mm -hmm. So what I do is that I take the things that, that, that is something that is, I think, okay, this, this could be it. And then I write it. And the, the book is about From the Island to the World. And one, it was uh, summer of last year I think no just before yeah summer of last year that we started talking about climate change mm -hmm. and and the book is actually from one of their conversations that prompted me okay um let's let's write it and I see how how it's going to be translated in a book and also how we can how we can cross issues like um how your autism is actually a plus for our family because we can talk to you about facts. Mm -hmm. It's it's not something that we have to. Coronavirus with him was not a problem. He just wanted to know what the virus is and how it could affect people. So wearing a mask for him was nothing. So it's like okay, so it's fine. So so he can take facts and and how this things that sometimes people tend to think about autism is a bad thing, we actually use it. As a, as a positive reframing of, of how we do it in a family. So this book, here, ta-da! <laughs> From the island to the world. It's inspired by that. Um, and it's the conversation that we have with him. And he is the executive director. for <laughs> So <each> great. Because <laughs> I would ask him, okay, do you think this is representative of what you thought in your head? Mm -hmm. And he said, he would say, no, the color is a little bit off. The harbor doesn't look like the harbor in Rona, for example. And so we, we the three of us, um, him, the illustrator, Aigul, and I, we, we, we talk. And then he would sometimes say uh, a video to Aigul and I'll send it to Aigul, the one who illustrates. So it is it is quite fun. That's so great that you're, you're this is like something you and him are doing together. And then also informing the world of how he views the, the world yeah also as for an eight an eight-year-old that uh, not a lot of eight-year-olds want to learn about climate change or know they know about the corona but it's like not like in a serious matter or yeah. um yeah just he thinks differently than a, a normal eight-year-old it's more analytical i think we love it. We really yeah. do. It's like it's it's really fun to to sit down with him and watch <laughs> his three channel on BBC 
and discuss it with him because he loves it. And it's like, okay, we will take this discussion and we will take um, civilization and colonization discussion with you if you want it. So it is, it is amazing. Um, there might be, yeah, as I said, challenges will be there, but we take it as it is because yeah. the things that you get um, is, yeah, it's, it's really, really um something that we're grateful for but of course i highlight that this is just from our family because yeah also in a difference in the different spectrum so yeah you guys have a different completely different because it's every single child or person is different so of course one's going to be uh not the same as uh frederick yeah and um but my take would would probably be that the the start was to embrace what he is. And then from there, we, we reframe everything that we do for mm-hmm. him. The traditions that we have in the Philippines, the traditions that we, I thought will be passed on to him. Um, we had to resh- shift it. Like um, this things about respecting adults, hugging, kissing stuff. We, because it's, it's not for him. Also, someone told me to grieve for the, for the things that he will not be mm-hmm. because then he would not be the yeah, someone somebody offered like i think it's because they don't know how to console somebody <laughs> yeah so, but they came from like the, the, the feeling of trying to just uh, help you so but i thought okay um that point of saying to grieve for somebody i was like okay why am i grieving for him a five-year-old that he will not be what he is someday because we don't even know what he will be someday is it because he will not be a lawyer a doctor or those things because i asked then the things that you would hope for him to be and i thought i was like okay isn't this a reframing as well as as a parent am i pushing my dreams on him instead of him actually actualizing what he will be yeah whatever he is in in the future so so it is it is it is it is a gift. Yeah. Maybe he's going to be a future author because he is, you know. He can, yeah. he can be whatever he yeah. wants to be as long as he's happy. Yeah. And, and I think it's so amazing that, you know, this book is is him and you're just helping him get it, get it out. Yeah. And it's just a, a stepping stone to the next thing that he wants to do. Um, at, one, uh, at any point of your life, did you know that you were going to write a book for children for for kids or uh, just for in, gen- kids. <laughs> in general uh, a book uh, i thought of writing a book before i left uh, from my work working with violence um yeah violence against women i wanted to write a manual for about rape culture and though that was the thing that i was yeah. like, focused on doing um, but every time I go back and write, it was just a struggle for me because I then have to re- think about the cases that I assisted yeah. years ago, and it was tough. And and then this came. I was like, okay, then this is how it is. This is the pattern and the flow right now. So <laughs> acknowledge it and honor it and do it. Um, but never a children's book. <laughs> yeah. But it's fun, actually. It's fun. And we're in the second book. I'm doing the second book right now. Yeah. And... and uh, the, the idea is still there. I talked to Kathy about it. You met her. Um, I said, I'm not going to write anything about children. I never expected to write a children's book, but here it is. Um, but still the things that I would like to talk about, um, raising awareness to something that is close to my heart is still there. Yeah. Um, uh, 
educating and giving education to those who need probably discussion but is still there and the hard topics that people would not normally talk about would still be there like this uh, climate change is the soft soft yeah. uh, discussion some people will not talk about death and grief and so that's another part of our book and then we'll talk about different things um fem- uh, feminism and stuff because i introduced those right yeah <laughs> and he knows all all about those um, yeah, and it's <laughs> Because like he's also interested in it, but it's also because of because of you because it's it's what you're passionate about, and I it, think it's he, a, it's, he sees it's it because he has questions, and yeah. we are the type of parents that would not say, "Oh, you're too young," mm. for those questions. Um, he started asking questions about the genocide, and I was like, "In my on the sofa, I was like genocide," because he was watching World War Two and he saw the clip about um, the genocide. I was like. David, I don't know how to, to answer because he was, what, seven, I think? Yeah. He asked that question. And his dad was so straight, point blank. And it's like, okay, this has happened. This would happen. They're like, oh, okay. And so he then he talked about, okay, I'm going to research about this person. They're like, okay, then that started it. Yeah. So he, he knows. Wow. So he's definitely not watching, you know, what my kids are watching right now, which is like YouTube and the ABC songs or one, two, threes. It's more like uh, World War Two or um, U.S. civil rights. <laughs> yeah, he's, oh, he's watching U.S. civil rights, but he's very attuned and everybody. Yeah. Um, he still watches the YouTube videos about uh not cartoons, no, he doesn't. Uh, mm-hmm. But he watches how to fix cars, um, like a farm, how to like have your like eggs uh, hatching and everything. So yeah, so I, I sit down and watch together with him just to monitor the things that he watches. That, yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it's entertaining for you. <laughs> I bet it's entertaining for you because you're also learning about these things. Yes, yes. For me, I'm sitting there. I'm like, this is like the hundredth time I've watched abc or one two three or how many potatoes popped out of the basket i'm like oh my gosh can can we uh, move on a little a little bit but that's like what my kids love seeing so <laughs> uh, but they're all she's also you have also a one-year-old so we yeah did that with the abc so so but now you're on to the more serious stuff <laughs> yeah we were like last time we were watching portrayal the one in i was like oh bbc has this um you take the water from the ocean and and see how it is. <laughs> like, hmm, okay. We watched that for like two episodes and sat down. And last time it was air crash investigation, so he was asking about aerodynamics, which I have no idea. Oh wow! <laughs> so like, so like, he knows um, a lot about us. Uh, yeah, so like da- his dad is an engineer. Like, yeah, you answer that. Sit down and talk. <laughs> <laughs> I go in the other room and have coffee. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't have that. I can talk about humanities and history, but that's those things. So. <laughs> um, you mentioned earlier that you are planning to write another book with him. Uh, can you share yeah. a little bit um, about that and when you're going to release it? So the, the concept is that the, the book in itself is like a series from the island to the world. Mm-hmm. The first topic is climate change. The second topic would be from the island to the world, it's like a message from the island about uh, grief and goodbyes. It's about death. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing about it is a double thing that we wanted to discuss about grief and death, but uh, grief or death in itself, and also saying goodbye to things that you love, um, but also trying to 
thread it to the misconception or the myths around autism, which is that kids uh, with aut autistic kids are not able to show their emotion or they mm -hmm. don't have emotion. Because I would like to draw this, uh, this conversation that we had with Frederick when my father-in-law died, David's dad died, um, how he tried to help his dad um, with coping and in his own um, autistic way to help his dad um, show that he cares for his, for his granddad mm -hmm. and that he knows that his dad is sad and he wanted to help. So what, what we thought was like, okay, this, this is really great to, to show, to show that this, there's different ways of showing emotion. And this is just one way for an autistic kid to show his emotion yeah. and using his analytical skills of how to, to help his dad, for example. Um, and, and also I would like to have something like a handbook or a tool for parents to, to use as a springboard for discussions of hard topics like death and the reality of death. Because sometimes when I, grew, when I was growing up, there was nothing there. Like death is just something that you have to face, but nobody expects, tells you things. And after the grieving process, for example, yeah. So that is one of the things that the book, I the book, well, I hope that the book would would give is that you read the book and then you could open the discussion about the reality of death and sometimes how people cope with uh, losing somebody or losing a thing that you love, mm -hmm. uh, not pers a person, but yeah, because he lost his first car or our first car. We we had a car crash. And oh. I I was in a car crash and. He lost his first car, he calls it blue car, and yeah. then he lost his, dad, his uh, granddad. So he had this ways of things too. Well, that's so great that you are, you know, if it's um, loss of a, a loved one or even a loss of a, a stuffed animal, you're writing something yeah. that um, kids can read and understand mm -hmm. in, in their level. And that's so great that you're sharing that with uh, with with Frederick and writing it along with him. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and um, to the listeners and to the world. Uh, you have such yeah. an awesome story and I'm happy that you wanted to share it on my podcast and uh, this radio show in Aarhus. And I know before um, we did this uh, podcast, we were talking about doing a, a giveaway of this book from the island to the world. And I wa we wanted to just share this uh, book to, to the listeners or to anyone following this podcast. And if you guys want uh, to win this book, uh, I will have some details online uh, on my Facebook or on my website on how to win this book. And um, it will start uh, today when the podcast uh, is released. And it will end... Uh, January 31st and I will announce who the winner is February 1st and uh, I hope you guys sign up uh, it'll just be signing up for the email and then following some social media um, some posts and tagging people and I think it's it's a yes. great way for uh, the world to see Frederick uh, to see the world in Frederick's eyes actually and I think that's really great and yeah. learn more yes. about yeah. uh, climate change and how he wants to conquer and change the world I think it's so great. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank you for having me as well. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Thank you. It's so thank nice to talk to you and be able to it. share your story. And um, yeah, thank you so much. And then um, until next time, everyone. Bye.
Bye. Thanks.